Word of God at this time, and may I invite you to uh, open the scripture, but before that, let me, um, you know, tell you something, and, and it's part of my introduction, that's why I don't want to, to uh, neglect it. One of our goals and desire, desires as teachers here in Bible College is to see um, in the lives of men and women uh, who will come and go out from this place and from this Bible college or from this institution that they would, they would serve the Lord faithfully. Whether, whether each of you, if you can, if it's like a, um, I'm talking to you personal, right? Whether you would decide to be in the full-time ministry or not, it is very important and remember this, that you would, that you will, would, will, will serve our God faithfully for the rest of your life. And I'm not talking about living in an inconsistent way, but serving the Lord faithfully with commitment into your hearts that you will die for Him, that you will serve for Him, that no matter what... You, the, the world will offer us that no matter um, how the enemy would give us challenges and persecutions and, and temptations in life, you will not quit for the Lord and you will serve him faithfully. And so our job as teachers, aside from teaching you the foundations of the Bible, you know, you learn Bible doctrines surveys of the book and a lot of courses that you can learn here in the Bible college, but also it's our job, it's our responsibility to encourage you, uh, encourage you to consider being in a full-time service, encourage you to live your life for God and not for the world. It is our job also to encourage you to do your best and not in minimalistic way, but to do your best. Uh, here in Bible College, also at home, being sons and daughters of your, son or daughters of your, uh, daughter of your, daughters of your parents, or if you are working, you would do your best as well for the Lord. We encourage you also to let your light shine before men, and you, you would always hear that from, from your teachers to be a soul winner, and most of all, to be faithful to what God wants you to do. However, um, our job as teachers is, has uh, two sides, and that is to encourage you, aside from you know, teaching you foundations in life and um, as Christians, and also the doctrines that God um, is teaching here in the Scripture, but also it's our responsibility is our responsibility uh, to warn you. I'm not talking about in a negative way, but to warn. And you can see a lot of warnings in the scriptures because we tend normally, even, even you know, uh, we teachers, even Christians, every Christian struggle that we tend to go into our own way. Right? And so our responsibility is to warn you. All of us needs warning from time to time because we can get uh, easily led astray 
by our enemy, uh, the world, or even ourselves. And there's no doubt about it. If we are not careful and not be on guard on ourselves, we would find ourselves not serving the Lord anymore, not in the will of God anymore. And so that's our responsibility. And so turn with me if um, you have your Bibles. But So I'm expecting you have your Bibles there. Deuteronomy chapter 32. And we will read verses um, 15 to 18. And Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 15 to 18. Uh, there is a warning here in, um, for the nation of Israel, but we, we can see principles here and make an application to our lives. Now, um, let's read all together verses 15 to 18. Okay, so verse 15, begin. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, Thou art covered with fatness. Yeah, I didn't hear any words from you guys. Okay, um, let's read together. Okay, again, verse 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, the gods whom they knew not, the, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. So if you go, um, I will not go into the context here, but I give you some, um, a little bit of background here. This is a Song of Moses, a part of Song of Moses. And if you read under context from chapter 31, verse 30, until chapter 32, in verse 44, that's a long and lengthy passage, a song of Solomon. And Moses gave this song and taught to the people of Israel before he died. And it is to help them remember God's faithfulness. And there's a lot of things that God, that Moses mentioned here, and how God is very faithful in the lives and even the nation of Israel. But of course, we read uh, this passage and how it is, it is, it is really sad because, you know, even, even the Apostle Paul mentioned it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and that the first, four vi first five verses wherein he, he enumerated the blessings that they have received from God. But of course, in 6 to 10, the Apostle Paul mentioned there about what they did in response to God's faithfulness. And here as well, Moses um, dictate to them and, and see the, and let them see, of course, of course, in this generation saw the, the faithfulness of God when they went out from, from Egypt, okay, they went out from Egypt until they come here 
um, now in the plains of Moab, and, and uh, we know in the next book that they are about to conquer the land um, through, through the leadership of Joshua. But here, they, uh, they, they, uh, Moses explained to them uh, what happened in their lives. It's this passage, this song here is the subject. The subject is God. Its theme is God's faithfulness. And its purpose was to encourage Israel to remember God's greatness. And then the song contrasts, contrasts the faithfulness of God and his loyalty and his love toward his people and the unfaithfulness and perversity of the nation of Israel. You can see that distinction there. Okay, so, um, but here I want to, to focus on verse 15. Um, Moses said there, but Jeshurun waxed fat. Uh, you know Jeshurun? That's him. Okay. No, it's, it's actually a word, a term, um, a title, if you will. Jeshurun is a title given to the nation of Israel. Um, it means it gives us the idea of righteous. It also gives us the idea of upright one. So meaning, for example, what happened to us as Christians, right? When we accepted the Lord as our personal Savior, when we come to know Him, we understand that, that, the, Bible, that the Bible says, positionally, you are righteous, not because of what you have done, but because through the Lord Jesus Christ. That righteousness was imputed to you, and now you can call yourself self-righteous, right? Righteous JR, upright one. And that's uh, what it is. And so, so his righteousness was uh, imputed unto us. And that's why how Moses called the nation of Israel here, upright one. But, but it's actually like, um, I'm not sure if it is, as, as I'm reading this, I, I'm not sure if it is a sarcasm or, <laughs> or something that, a reminder. I'm pretty sure that is a reminder. But because God chose this nation to be his people, they should live a righteous life and in line with what God wants them to do. So God, Moses reminded them that you are supposed to be a righteous nation. You are supposed to be an upright nation. But of course, and he, he mentioned in, the, in these verses that we have read what they did in response to the faithfulness of God. And so it's, it's the same also that when you think that being righteous in the sight of God does not necessarily mean that we do not need warnings anymore. And so Moses gave, warn, gave warning here, and we can see that in the, uh, this passage. And so look at here in verse 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat, thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. And this actually talks about how God provided them. It's, it's like God has give, gave them everything that they need. Provision, protection. But of course, what they did. Um, continue. Then he forsook God, which made him, 
And this is I, I, um, uh, the warning here. And lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Now, I want you to see closely the last phrase there, because I, I believe that it is really, it is very prevalent in, in, our day to, in our time today, that we can be take lightly esteemed on the rock of our salvation. It is possible, being you as a Christian, that we take lightly of your salvation. We take lightly unto the Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, you know that you are saved. But of course, it is, it would make, it just makes sense that because I'm saved, I had to live for Him, for God. And not just to go on my own way. Not to go on what I want. So if God like, I give you a situation. If God allows you to live until the age of 80, I'm being uh, generous about it. Okay, so 80, let's say. Um, you're blessed, right? Because, like, let's say Samuel, uh, not Samuel, Solomon talked about, like, the life of men. It's kind of um, 70, like, three score in 10. I think he mentioned it in Ecclesiastes or Song of Solomon. I'm not sure, but uh, he talked about that. Um, also, uh, Moses talks about um, how, how brief is our life. But 80, but not only you are blessed to have 80 years, you have a long and bright future ahead waiting for the most of you. If you, let's say... Here, our age, what's, who's the youngest here? Okay. If like, for example, you, all of us would live 80, right? It's like determined to you that you will live 80. <laughs> and then you, there's nothing that, uh, that, that uh, will, will happen to you until you reach 80. It's pretty good, right? You think it's, it's uh, sufficient enough? Um, uh, for you, 80 years, 80 years. Um, so honestly, 80 years is not that much. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities, and yet, uh, compared to, um, uh, it's what I mentioned is that there's a lot of uh, good future waiting for most of you here. You are entering to the greatest period of your life. You think about that. You know, some of, um, if generally, youth, when, when you talk about youth or college age, you're entering into career life, family life. You know, those things are great. Those things are um, uh, family building, career building, and life building, and you can influence others uh, more. And especially in this country, where you live in, the possibilities and opportunities are massive. But make no mistake to exchange the eternal things to temporal things. Compared to eternity, if you compare the eternity between 80 years and eternity, honestly, 80 years is not much, right? Compared to eternity. And there are lots of opportunities that you can see for that, as what I've said, for 80 years. And yet, you have to realize also that there are dangers 
also in our life. And it's great as well. It's big. There are lots of dangers. And these dangers can lead you. Um, can lead you to a life that is totally wasted in the sight of God. If we are not careful. It, does, it, does, it doesn't matter uh, whether you go. Right? If you're talking, uh, if you're saying, yes, there's probably a big advantage if you are with, within the surroundings of the Bible college. That is true. But what happened? Um, Satan would use that in such a way that uh, many, many Bible college students go to Bible college you know, they have a bad attitude or something, bad habits. But when they went out, they are, you know, like uh, worse than before. And say, what happened? Why? And I've seen um, a lot of, a lot of um, men and women who would go, or students in the Bible college who would go. For the, uh, for the past eight years that I've, been, that I've been in the Bible college, I've seen men and women who have terrible attitudes, and after they finished their one year, or finished even their four years, they do with that. So they came back to their church. They came back to where they, uh, their, um, their home at, and there's no change whatsoever at all. Right? So it is possible. Uh, there's other, others that grow up, that grew up in the church as well. They grew up hearing the Bible stories and faithfully attending the church, uh, Sunday schools. But when they step into the secular schools or they, they went... Um, you can see their lives slowly changing to better to worse. And some, you can't even see them at church anymore. Why? Because they did not, uh, they did what Israel did to the Lord. They lightly esteemed the rock of their salvation. Living a complacent life, it's not supposed to be in, in our lives. It's like, eh, I'm saved, doesn't get matter, doesn't care. Okay, that's what happened to uh, many young people nowadays. Therefore, it is important that you realize the dangers you have as Christians. Many, uh, I, I believe that you have friends that are not saved. When you go out, you, 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 uh, it is possible that you, you will be influenced by our society. It is possible that you, you would be influenced by even media. You would be influenced by other people. And so there's a lot of dangers. And most of all, there's Satan himself. But before we proceed, let's take note several things in order for us to... to to really um, avoid the war, uh, to, to really put in our minds the warning, and that we may be able to not to take lightly the salvation that God has given to us. Right? Remember, the first thing that you need to know is to know is that of surety that you are born again. Um, I'm not being, 
not putting doubt on your salvation, but it is, it, it is really possible that you can be in a Bible college. I've, I had a friend in Bible college, his third year, and then after that, he realized that he is not saved. Third year. Even fourth year, there is a fourth year. I say, oh, I, I'm not saved. So it is possible. So that's why it's, you have to make sure in your heart that you are really saved. That's the first thing. And the most very important, um, being, a Christ, uh, uh, being an individual, um, ex, um, even the Apostle Paul would tell us, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, examine yourselves, yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Again, don't get me wrong. I am not questioning your salvation or put some doubts into your mind. But you must know from the bottom of your heart that you are saved, that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. It is not that someone said to you that you are saved. It is not that, some, that uh, parents said to you that you are saved. It is not also that your pastor said to you that you are saved. You need to know for sure in yourself that you are saved. Right? Because there's a possibility, and I'm not pinpointing of anyone, there's a possibility that those who that those who've been faithful all around in their life from their from their from their very, you know, they are, they are, they're still kids, and then they grew up in, in Sunday school and all, they get into the motion. And then at the end of their life, they realize that they are not saved. It is possible. And that's why it's very, uh, we should, we should uh, consider that in our lives, that you know for sure in your life that you are saved. Um, you would be able to say, like the apostles, Paul said, For I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded. And that's the, like the outcry of your heart, because you know that you're safe. Right? You can, you can see that. Students, uh, and students in the Bible college are not immune with, with those things. It's like, oh, I'm Bible college students. Or they are Bible college students, they probably save. It's, it's not, it's not um, the guarantee of that. They are, there are young people who, who go to Bible college and they are not saved. There are young people who grew up in the church and just carried away with emotion and then they realize that they are not saved. So that's the first thing in order for us to not to take lightly of 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 the rock of our salvation, to not, to not take lightly of the salvation that God has given to us, is to know for sure that you are um, saved. The second one is that know your enemy. We know that people, the people, okay, they are not the enemy. Uh, the Bible says in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and um, I will not go into that, but you, you know that the Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan is our enemy, and you must recognize that um, 
he is a powerful enemy. And going battle one-on-one uh, -on -one with him, we have no match for the power of Satan. Satan is real. He is a person that, it, that is always aftering you. Um, the temptation that he uses in this world is real. He does not want you to focus on God and wants to trip you always. That's his goal. And let's say, for example, yes, you determined for yourself that you, you are saved. Yes, that's great. Praise the Lord. But of course, Satan is there to make sure that your life here on earth is wasted for God. That's his only goal. He doesn't want you to be to grow in your relationship with God. He does not want you to serve the Lord. He does not want you to follow the Lord, whatever he wants you to do. Um, but I want you also to notice, and turn with me, please, in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter... Um, so we'll be doing a flipping for most of the time. 1 Corinthians chapter um, 16. Verse 8 and 9. I want you to notice in, in this verse also, uh, the reality, um, the realities uh, of, of something. Though your advantages are many, and though God wants to use you mightily in your life, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8 and 9, uh, notice that there are adversaries along the way. In verse 8 and 9, but I will tarry to Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. Uh, the Apostle Paul was excited to serve the Lord. And there are times that you will be excited also in serving the Lord. You know, um, yeah, let's go. Uh, soul winning. Let's go fire brigade. Um, let's go, you know, Lord, I give my life to you. You're excited to serve the Lord, but um, he recognized that there were many adversaries. Uh, many adversaries. Um, there's, there's always that will, there's always the, you know, Satan, the enemy that will hinder you and it will give you, um, you know, um, situations in your life that he will, that it will result that he will, that you will not serve our God. Now, the third one, because this is like um, lengthy, third one, not only no, uh, Know that for surety, first, that you are saved. Know your enemy. The third one is that know that there are adversaries along the way. That's the third one. And do not be, you know, let us not be naive about, um, about uh, that. And let us not uh, put our guard down. When we are encouraged to take time with God every day to read and study His Word and to spend time in prayer, we make sure that we would do it. There's no substitute for those things. And why there are, there are Christians that are still babes, even though they are like five years, 10 years, give or take, 15 years, 20 years. They're saying that they're Christians, but they're still babes in Christ. 
when there's like um, there's like persecution, if there's like um, temptation, there's like trials in life. They reacted in such a way that they're still babes. You know how how um, children would react into something that is you think like if you're seeing their condition is like it's easy hard hurdle in their life but they're like oh i'm gonna die something like that and then they would and then you as an adult seeing that what they're experiencing is like that's a simple one why because you already outgrew that situation but still there are you, whether you like it or not, there are still Christians who have been in the church and they know that they are saved for many years, but still, the reaction to the trials in life is that as if they were still babes in Christ. There were adversaries. So um, you say, well, I go to the Bible college and, um, you know, we learn the Bible. We read the Bible every time. Right? Of course. That is great. Praise the Lord. And I think the Bible college ought to be like that because that is a Bible college, right? But it is not a substitute for you, uh, for you reading and studying God's Word. Um, you say that you always attend, you know, you know, you're always attending the services of the church and hear every preaching that the pastor preached. No, that is great, and you ought to be faithful also in your church attendance, right? But that is not a substitute as well for you to read and study God's Word. Make sure that your faith, your faith is built upon, it's built upon the Word of God. Now, that's the third one. The fourth one, if you're taking down notes, the fourth one, recognize that God has given us the ability to stand now, there are lots of Christians that they don't know this reality. God does not want you to be um, always defeated in your life. Do you know that God wants you to be victorious in your life? Do you realize that? In every situation wherein God placed you, like for example, trials, He allows that, but He doesn't He, he does not want you, He does not leave you like so that you will be defeated as a defeated Christians. Well, in fact, He wants us to be to stand always in His Word. Now, turn with me in Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one. Um, I just read, I will just read uh, one verse here, verse 27, Philippians 1, 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be ab absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel now there's also like a scripture for example in romans chapter 8 verse 37 the bible says that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and the context for that is when when the apostle paul says that there's like persecutions and trials and nakedness that will occur into your life but of course god already know that you would be 
more than conquerors. He, he wants you to, be, to be a vic- live a victorious life. And that, of course, my friend, if we depend on God. The reason why um, many Christians li- live a defeated life, it's not because that God don't care. It's not that God abandoned them in that kind of situation. It's just they did not abide and depend on the Lord. Because there are verses here that already God wants you to be a victorious life. And you can be, you can live a life that is victorious. You will be able to stand on the things that whatever that will come into your life, you can, you are able to stand because God provided the power and strength for you. So there's not, so there's nothing that comes in your life that you need to fall prey to. You know, sometimes you just accept. And there are, there are uh, Christians that's like, well, because that's me. I can't do anything for myself. No. You're believing a lie because God wants you to be victorious. You don't need to fall prey to. Always depend upon God and have faith on His Word because He will always perform what He had promised on His Word. You can always rely also not only to God, but sometimes the Lord uses your church, your pastor, uh, that they will pray for you and encourage you. And one of the biggest mistakes when, when I see for most, for not most, but um, there are some, some um, young people and young adults that if they, they've done let's say, sin and something wrong in their life, what, what they always do, they separate themselves from the church. That's a mistake. They would, not only they separate themselves from the Lord, but also they separate themselves from the church as well. And that's a big mistake that you will make because it's like you're now open to um, the wiles of the devils. So know for surety that you are saved. Know your enemy. Know that uh, there are adversaries along the way. Recognize that God was, has given us the ability to stand. But lastly, you need to know, need to know the who's, the what, and the why of your life. You need to know whose you are, what you are, and why you are. You need to know who you belong to. Right? That's whose you are. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to know what you are in Him. And you need to know why you are in Him, the purpose of your life. We have this purpose teens, right? And it's not just for teens. The same question applicable to all um, Christians. What's your purpose also in life? So um, we'll go, I'll go a little bit of, of those things. Um, 
Now, when you belong to God, meaning that you are not of your own, remember that. God owns you now, and not only that the Bible says that you are now the child of the king, but you are also um, the sons and daughters of God. Being a child of God comes an enormous privilege, privileges. You, you can just, just read the, the scripture. Being the sons and daughters of God, there's a lot of privileges. But it also comes with great responsibility. Turn with me in Romans 8. Romans 8. Verse 14. Verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, being the sons of God, being in His family, you know, it's a noble position. And it's... And it's amazing to do, it's amazing to think. And, and that, my friend, and that, students, you would never exhaust your life to thank God for what He has done into your life. Being in the family of God, being the sons and daughters of God, it's a noble possession. And we want to make sure that we represent our family. You don't want to go out, right? Like, I'm just giving an example. You don't want to go out to society and making fool of your family, right? Making fool of your dad, making fool of your mom, making fool of your family, right? Mock your own family. You want to represent your, your, your family well. But not, I'm talking, not only I'm talking about physical family, but also most, most of all, our spiritual family. We are... Also, um, not only now you can see in the verse, verse here that we are, not, we are the sons of God, and, and that's a good possession, uh, position. But also in verse 17, and if children, then heirs. And it says there we are joint heirs uh, with Christ, joint heirs with Christ. But wait a minute, because we are the sons of God, and we are joint heirs with Christ. Let us not forget that we must suffer too. Suffer too for the cause of Christ. And it says there in verse 15, If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. But wait, there's even more better. In verse 18, the Apostle Paul says that the sufferings in this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And that is a promise, my friend. Even though maybe you are mocked here because you preach and share the gospel word of God, it doesn't matter. Maybe you are not wealthy person here or nor famous because you chose the ways of God, it does not matter. Maybe you will, not, you will be rejected by someone because of Christ. Maybe you will be persecuted here on earth. It does not matter. Because the promise here is that the sufferings of this present time are not to be worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
And sometimes we are so concerned with things of this earth that we forgot the things that we can have in heaven, in eternity, with God. So that's who you are. Then what you are. What you are. The world is filled with vanity and vexation of the spirit. And the wisest man lived on earth. Oh, well, of course, if you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, right? The wisest man lived on earth, Solomon said, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity, and it's all vexation of the spirit. People only interested in, in themselves. They only interest in the temporal things, the financial, the money, and all things that what is going to be wood, hay, and stubble. That's all the world cares. And in the end, it will burn up. So Paul warns the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 68. Now, turn with me there. Ephesians 5. I'm almost done here. Ephesians 5. I hope you can still, um, like, in tune your attention. I did not uh, go over your attention span. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. Let no man deceive you. Verse 6, yes. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness. Look at here in verse 8. But now ye are... uh, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as, uh, as children of light. Walk as children of light. We need not to walk like the world anymore because we are the children of light. You do not need to be like the world and do not follow the trends of this world. And that is a big mistake. Like, um, it's like... The way, the way you dress, the way you have yourself is like the world. That's not a good um, uh, way to live your life, not to be trending. That's what's trendy uh, this time, something like that, okay? Um, so the Bible says that we are also ambassador, ambassadors for Christ. We are God's representative here on earth. So our responsibilities are to walk in love in that verse, to walk in the light, and to walk circumspectly here in this earth. How, how do we do that? Well, um, I will give you an assignment, okay, because we don't have time. And um, if you read Ephesians chapters 5 and 6, Paul gave, gave practical application on how we should be able to walk in love in the light, and how we we should walk circumspectly here in this earth. And finally, so we have whose you are, what you are, and why you are. What is the purpose of your life here on earth? I would say, oh, to glorify God. Yes, that's that's correct. You are here to make the mark, a mark spiritually on society. The place where you live, 
God put you there to make a spiritual influence in them. The people that you are in contact at work or maybe you have an unsaved friend. God placed them into your lives so that you can make an impact in their lives spiritually. How do you impact your place? How do you impact your friends? Is that, oh, I'm, um, I don't, no, I hope that you don't want to be a, I always say, say this, um, top secret agent Christian. Uh, there's like a story, I'm not sure if, if, uh, if this is sure, um, there's like one student and, and, and he said, you know, for, for, uh, for all the years that I've been in high school, they never know that I'm a Christian. And he's thankful for that. I'm not sure if you would like to be fun about that, but but of course you are you are made to be in, to impact your society. And there's a poem, uh, the poem that I heard, and the author is unknown. And the poem goes like this. It's I'm not sure if you if you heard wreckers or builders. Anyone knows the poem, wreckers or builders. Uh, I tried to read a poem, okay? Uh, I saw them tearing a building down, a group of men in a busy town. With hefty low and lusty yell, they swung with zest, the whole wall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled? The kind you would hire if you had to build. He looked at me and laughed, no, indeed, unskilled labor is all I need. They can wreck in a day or two what builders have taken a year to do. I asked myself as I went away, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder with rule and square, measuring and constructing with skill and care, or am I a wrecker? who walks through town content with the business of tearing down. Great poem, right? Um, what are you content with? Are you content of what your life is now? Or are you still, you know, want to do more for God? Uh, it's just you're content of just go along and get along? Or do you want that God will use you to be a builder? So why you are here? You are here to serve Christ and to be a testimony for God, to be a light in this very dark world. Now in closing, I ask you to give yourself to God. You know, if you have done, not done that yet, it's very important. In Romans 12, verse 1 would tell us that it is a re- reasonable, reasonable service that not only to give our body, but to give our all. Okay? Give our all to God. Dedicate. Um, you, you should give yourself to God and let God dictate your life. I ask you to not take lightly of the rock of your salvation. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not take lightly of the salvation that he gave to you. Consider the life that God has given you. You know, the, 
Because if you think you only have one life, right? This is it. There's no second chance or whatsoever. You're like, oh, I will do the next. No, there's, there's this life. You only have that life. And you'll be smart if you chose to use it for the Lord and not for this world or for yourself. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this time that you gave to us. And, and uh, Lord, we ask that we should be very careful and be on guard in our life, that we would not take lightly of Jesus Christ in the salvation that he gave to us. Help us to be a Christian that you want us to be. Lord, help us not to be like the Israelites did. They forsook God, and instead of following God, they sacrificed into the gods of this world. And, but Lord, I ask that you would encourage our heart and help these men and women to be mindful of their life. We have all one life. And so help us, dear Father, to give it all to you so that we would be a, a servant of you in eternity, a, serv a, a, a servant that is faithful in your, in your sight. So, fa Father, be with us now, we pray in your name. Amen.